Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Creative Alchemist, a podcast for creatives by a full-time creative. I am your host, Sulinette. You may call me Sulinette. If you are already a monthly supporter, thank you so much. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter and help me keep doing what I do, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash The Creative Alchemist. Thanks again. Hey, you. Most, if not all, of the special episodes you'll be listening to over the next several weeks will be me interviewing pals that have been storytellers in the past for my show, A Little Bit of Death. A Little Bit of Death is an annual storytelling show that centers BIPOC and queer voices around the themes of grief, letting go, and transformation. Storytellers share parts of themselves and their journey in a multitude of ways, and it's always a beautifully heavy night full of healing in a community space. This year, I was invited to present at a summit pertaining to the work I do with a little bit of death. Woohoo! So, I thought, who better to join me in speaking on it than the pals that have actually gone through the process? I reached out to some and asked if I could interview them on their experience with the show, what impact it had, what they shared, and why sharing these stories matter. Art is a form of storytelling. With their permission, I'm sharing the audio with you from those interviews that I'll be using for my presentation at the summit. One of the last episodes I had recorded before my latest break was about following and following through on your wild ideas. A Little Bit of Death was one of those wild ideas for me, and it's blossomed since the first show seven years ago. This year, it'll be held over two nights in Hartford, Connecticut at Carriage House Theater on the evenings of Friday, November 11th and Saturday, November 12th. I thought I'd drop these special episodes leading up to the show this year, and I hope you enjoy them, and obviously, join us at the show. Today you'll be hearing me conversing with Derek Santiago, pronouns he, him. Derek's mission is health advocacy with a focus on underserved communities like ones he grew up in. He loves to be of service by sharing expertise in fitness, nutrition, and overall healthy lifestyle. After practicing yoga for over a decade, Derek completed his yoga teacher training at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. As a father, he strives to break destructive generational patterns and be a positive example for his own children, as well as other parents. And now, Derek. Alrighty, so starting from the top, when did you first hear or encounter a little bit of death and what were your thoughts about it? Yeah, I um I attended the first one um just by being your friend, knowing, you know, keeping up with everything you had going on and wanting to support. Uh so I, I attended the first one and I've attended most of them since. I think I've only missed one or two. Um and uh yeah, it's been great to see the evolution of it over the years and um obviously it's honored to be a part of one of them. What did you think about the show's theme around death as a metaphor for transformation? Because that's certainly something that evolved from the first show. Yeah, I, I love that. I, you know, like many people, I think um, you know, I'm someone who thinks a lot about death uh, since I was a child, since I probably since I really like experienced my first loss that I was able to comprehend um, like, oh, wow. And now being a father, uh, you know, of, of two young children. I'm seeing them, uh, you know, how they interact with that process and um, interpret what death means and, you know, how 
how they how they process that uh it's super interesting to watch and to reflect on my journey up to to this point and how it's changed for me how i look at that what was it like for you when you were first asked to be a storyteller at a little bit of death um well like i said honored is a word but i feel i felt very um felt very seen i think because um the way the way that you go about selecting people and and you know, tapping people on the shoulder to be a part of this uh, very unique experience. Um, I just really enjoy and appreciate how you pay attention to people uh, when when you might when someone like myself might not think anybody's paying attention, uh, but you uh, you recognize and you you kind of identify people. Like, I think now is the time this person has a story to tell. Uh, so. I just that's I think more than anything I just felt very seen and um and it was an appropriate time to do it. What was the process like for you in preparation for the show? Let's talk about feelings and thinking thoughts. Yeah, um it was a, uh, you know, people use the word therapeutic for a lot of things like oh shopping is my therapy, this is my therapy, that's my therapy, but this I really do believe is a, was an extremely different and therapeutic process because you're excavating um, your your own stories and beliefs and how you've perceived your story and now you're having to put words to your story to share with others. So you might that story may change, take different forms. Um, and yeah, just very um, very introspective. Um, very empowering. Uh, I felt like this, um, this, the story that I shared that night was a story I had been developing over the years without really knowing what I was going to do with it. And in sharing it at the show, uh, it kind of cemented a lot of things for me, like what this story means for me on a broader scope. Um, again, empowered me to kind of use that story to drive me forward, to motivate me to do all the things I want to do um, and just come out of it a better version of myself. What did you end up sharing that night and why was it important for you to share about that? Mm. I said this caveat before we started recording, but I am fighting a cold just in case I sound a little off <laughs> my voice and I'm drinking my kombucha over here but um the question was what did I share and why was it so important um I I've uh I've developed a reputation as being a very health conscious person um people come to me when they were like oh hey I think I want to try yoga like you know wh where should I start or oh hey I think I I want to be more plant-based. Where should I start? So like, I'm kind of the guy people go to for a number of different things like that. Um, and that was, a, you know, I, I wanted to share why these are my passions. Like, where does it come from? Because uh, it's not just vanity as people might think it is. It's, it's, it's very deep rooted. It's very much about my family history, uh, my family medical history, health history, um, and my own health history coming, you know, growing up with uh, lots of health issues, uh, mostly around chronic asthma, 
um, and how, as I got older, I wanted to, um, I wanted to overcome those challenges. Uh, but really reflecting on why this was so important to me, and the theme emerged from it of uh, looking at my, you know, the men in my life more so than anything. Um, I've lost a lot of people in my life. There's been a lot of health issues in my um, in my family from cancer to gun violence to suicides all sorts of stuff um but I kind of just pinpointed my two grandfathers and my father like focusing on my three the three most prominent male role models in my life um because they all had very some overlapping issues just as men and maybe not you know opening yourself up to help and all these like uh, issues of vulnerability we talk about when you talk about men um, but also very different circumstances um, uh, from um, from cancer uh, from one of them to suicide from one of them. And then uh, really building up to the climax of the thing was uh, all surrounding my father, um, who, you know, I won't tell the whole story here for the <laughs> for, for the purposes of this. But, um, you know, him and I have been uh, on and off estranged for several years Um uh, due to, uh, you know, addiction and homelessness and, um, myself kind of protecting my own, um, boundaries of me raising my family now and looking out for who I need to look out for while trying to support people that are in that situation. Um, and so, yeah, the timing of it was, uh, incredible as you as you know it was like uh um it it helped me put into perspective everything up to that point and as you know it was very like um almost proactive for me to uh prepare myself mentally and emotionally because just four months later after a little bit of death six right six um my my father passed away it was almost as if I predicted it was going to happen I, I had a feeling um and uh the way I put it in the piece that night was that I you know I I just had a feeling that either I would never hear from him again and I wouldn't know what would happen to him or that I would be notified that um of his passing um and so yeah um so it was very, very timely and um, but very, very powerful for me to go through that and prepare myself in a way that I didn't know I needed. Taking a deep breath over here. Um, what reaction did you get? I, I've said that for like almost everybody that's shared what they shared uh, the night that they performed. Um, it's just so impactful and powerful and potent and raw. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. And my condolences about your dad. Thanks. Um, if you don't know, I will tell you now, um, and I'm glad this is gonna be on the podcast. Your performance uh, is one of the ones that I hear about the most from folks. Oh, really? Um, in terms of being memorable. People love the singing bowl. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> People love being reminded to breathe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and in fact, it's inspired, um, it inspired uh, one of my pals to also get their own singing bowl. Um, <laughs> hopefully y'all will meet in person and I will identify him then and there and put him on the spot. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, but I was gonna ask, speaking of pals, um, what was it like sharing a space with a group of folks that were going through the process with you? What was it like working with this cohort of other human beings? Yeah, it was one of those experiences that people talk about, like, you know, when when you have a in any unique cohort experience, whether it's a summer camp or just college or whatever, like people say, oh, I just met this person. It feels like I've known them my whole life. And, but it really it really was that for this. It felt it felt like because you're sharing so much of yourself and being so vulnerable in that short amount of time, you uh, you connect with these, these folks very quickly and very deeply. And it's just so interesting um, coming around the theme around death, um, metaphorical and literal, uh, just everybody had such a different story to tell, different uh, points and processes of their story. Um, so yeah, this the diversity of stories, the variety of the methods of performing um, their story and sharing. Uh, it was so great. Um, and and yeah, I, I learned so much from my peers, my my co-storytellers, including you. I always uh, am inspired by the things you share and you do. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was wonderful. It was, and I still you know I've, I've made some good friends since then. You know, um, keep in touch with them and stuff, and see them around more. And uh, it's good. It's hard to make new friends as an adult, you know. <laughs> how do you make friends as a grown person <laughs> besides like you know I got kids so now I, I I you know I try to be friends with um my kids friends parents <laughs> you end up becoming friends with other parents just because it's the it's uh it makes sense <laughs> but other than that <laughs> you don't get this kind of opportunity much so it's great to you know form friendships around uh death and morbidity and storytelling <laughs> it's truly one of my favorite things to do yeah. <laughs> we're all gonna die let's be friends <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> what reaction if any um or feedback did you get from folks that were, that were here that night heard your story mm. <laughs> at least like five uh, men in the audience came up to me after or said something along the lines of like, oh, I loved what you said, but also like, hey, like with their head kind of down, like, I know I need to do yoga. I need to, you know, I need to eat better. I need to do, and I'm like, I didn't come here to shame you, sir. Like, <laughs> that's never my intention. <laughs> but whatever you need, I'm here for you. I'll help you out, you know. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah, I think, um, it's so great to see that. And that that was always my thing. You know, I wanted to get more men into yoga practice, more men to uh, adopt just healthier lifestyles, whatever that means for each individual. Like you don't have to do yoga. You don't have to do this or that that I do, but um, but do something, you know, that and and open yourself up to deeper reasons for doing those things so it's it's always great to 
have men come to me and approach me and, and want to um want to learn more or want to open themselves up uh so so i got a lot of that uh immediately following the the show i love it um not surprised at all i love it um <laughs> did it make a difference for you knowing that the show wasn't going to be recorded in any way yeah definitely i think i would have been uh, very much I'm already someone that's in my head a lot uh, in, in my writing process my creative process but uh, if I would have known that it was going to be recorded or even that people just might end up recording on a phone or something I definitely would have um, I don't know how it would have been different but it probably would have been different you know like so not not having that to worry about um, I think let me just take it to wherever it needed to go overall and not worry. Um, uh, yeah, no matter who was in the audience, um, who was there, I, I just let go of all that and didn't care. Cool. We wrapped up. We all breathed. We all left the theater. What was life like for you after a little bit of that? Yeah, there was definitely a weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, I think when we carry these stories around and they are heavy, so like it is, it's very much that when you, um, when you share, it's just the, the power of storytelling. Um, so, and it, it gave me a clearer focus again of why I do what I do and who I want to reach with my message who I want to work with in my practices of what I do. Um, yeah, it just gave me more direction um, and just more inspiration to move forward. Um, yeah, I could keep going, but I'll stop there. Let you ask the next question. You can keep <laughs> going. Uh, <laughs> um, I think for you, the way that I want to ask this question is why um, you sort of touched on this in terms of the feedback that you got that 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 men are the folks that you want to like, obviously not excluding other folks, but that men are the folks that you want to bring into like these spaces where they are um, health conscious and taking care of themselves. And, and so um, the way that I've asked other folks this question is why do you think a little bit of death um, the format of it is important for communities, uh, for BIPOC communities and queer communities. But I think I rather, I want to ask you, why do you think a format like this, a storytelling event like this is important for, for men? Mm. Yeah, it just encourages vulnerability. Um, even for myself, you know, I still hold on to a lot of, uh, hold on to a lot of holding back as a male that grew up in the city of Hartford that, you know, all the men that I saw in my life are very macho and uh, I was told not to cry, told not, told to get over stuff. Um, so just being in places, I think that's why I always gravitated towards the arts because no matter what format, I just love art. I love music. I love illustration, painting, you know, performance. 
um, because it's it's expression that I think a lot of us were seeking growing up and we couldn't find it. And um, with men in particular, yeah, it's just uh, it's just healing. And the more the more they the more men can be exposed to spaces like this that are safe to be vulnerable, the more they're encouraged to be vulnerable, the more they'll do the work and share and be vulnerable and heal and therefore won't repeat damaging shit that men can do uh, to the next generation. Um, whether, you know, intentional or not, they, you want to, you know, we talk about breaking generational cycles and these, these things. So my piece in particular is very much about addressing those things and, uh, in the most loving way, honoring generations before me with empathy and understanding while acknowledging the destructive patterns that I don't want to pass down to my kids. Um, you know, my, my son just turned four. I, I hug him, I kiss him, I tell him I love him every single day. I tell him, you know, no matter what, I'll always love you. Just remember that, you know, like let that sit in your little four-year-old brain <laughs> uh you know your, your your dad will always love you no matter what um and I just try to express that express love that's what that's what art is <laughs> a little bit of death destroying the patriarchy one spell at a time uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right death to the patriarchy <laughs> that requires a lot of death <laughs> <laughs> so lastly um this is a, a the sort of open space question which is if there's anything that i didn't ask you about a little bit of death or if there's anything else that you want to share about your experience uh the folks you experienced it with um the impact it's had on you any other thinky thoughts this is your space to do so Cool, thank you. Um, uh, I have something that's a little unique and might might shock you. Uh, I have I have my dad here. Have the urn right here, which is uh, it. He stays in my basement where my office space is. Uh, it's not he's not very visible out in the open. I just kind of keep keep them in the corners. I'm still deciding what to do with this. Uh, my intention was to kind of like spread the ashes uh, at a beach at some point with my brothers, uh, which I still probably will do at some point. Um, but in the meantime, anytime like I have something big going on uh, during the day, you know, a, a big important day or something, or I'm nervous about something, uh, there's been a couple times where I just like, I go and like, I just pick it up and kind of talk to it. I'm not a religious person, not a deeply spiritual person in, in, in the sense that a lot of people believe, you know, um, and, and sometimes I'll just talk to him, talk to it, just not for the sake that I believe he's listening, but for this, for my sake of getting things out again, because now I, now more than ever, I understand the power of storytelling. Um, and yeah, so, um, it's, it's just been quite an experience. Like I said, like four months after a little bit of death, that's when uh, I got the call that he was at the hospital and um, he was on 
all kinds of machines. And uh, I went in, we made the call uh, to take him off all the machines and, you know, let him, let him pass as he will. And uh, it took an entire week, it took seven days that I, that we, me and my brothers and my mom would come in and stay with him, be by his side. Uh, felt like forever. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I've shared this before with you and on, I think on social media and stuff. And I, so the, the last thing I want to say here is just like to uh, express gratitude to you uh, because as you know, like um, I think my process of going through a little bit of death and sharing my story, sharing the story of my grandfathers and my father and honoring them the way I, the only way I knew how, um, it helps me process any lingering complicated feelings I had about my dad and our relationship. Um, you know, fathers and sons are known to have complicated relationships and uh, ours was no different, but going through that process allowed me to just face all that and get past it and um, own my story and uh, have a better understanding of who he was as a person. Uh, so much so that when I got the call to to go be with him at the hospital and um, just be with him as he passed, um, I, I had no I had no complicated feelings, no negative thoughts, no hateful or no anger. Um, I was able to just be present, full of empathy and love, um, which is what you want when you lose someone. Um, you don't want to leave things. Um, you know, leave things unsaid, leave things uh, in a in a complicated way. Uh, so I had that closure, and I was able to just say goodbye to him, and uh, and then ever since, you know, I it, I think about him every day. I, but you know, it for the most part, there's good days and bad days, of course, but for the most part, uh, I do feel empowered. Um, and uh, more motivated than ever, and I have, I have a I have a different view of death and mortality overall. You know, it, it's it's a trippy situation when you lose a parent and you have kids. So you're the in between person now, and you're like looking ahead at your own mortality. You're looking down at new life and bridging the gap and. So now it's like anytime I look at my kids, like as, as happy as I am in the moment, there's always a hint of, and it's not negative, it's not bad, a bad thing, but there's always in the back of my mind, like, oh man, I'm not going to be here forever. Um, so it's a, it's a good reminder to just be present and be your best self because they're always watching and um, they're going to, you know, one day tell their story uh, and you want to have a good place in their story. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for you gave me a, a very unique gift. Um, I don't know if this has ever happened before with any storytellers at, at this event that it was almost a premonition of a, a, a death that hasn't happened yet. Um, but uh, so I was very uh, glad I went through that process to, to face my father's actual death um, head on. I'm not misty eyed. You're misty-eyed. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Thank you.
Alrighty, mi gente. This has been another episode of The Creative Alchemist. I am your hostess with the mostest, Sulinet. You can check out the rest of my life at sulinet.com. That's Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E punto com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and support it with a monthly subscription by clicking on this episode's description or by visiting anchor.fm slash thecreativealchemist. Thank you to our current supporters. Until next time, stay hydrated, stay creative. Peace.